Houston Dynamo, Portland Timbers, Sporting Kansas, Los Angeles Galaxy, HMAS, Toronto FC, Salt Lake, Chicago Fire, Pitch Pass, your all-access credential to the people that matter in MLS. Here's your host, Greg Roach. Welcome to another edition of Pitch Pass. Thank you so much for downloading the show. I appreciate it. We're going to go a little bit off the beaten track. I shouldn't say off the beaten track, but we're not going to focus on MLS so much in this episode of Pitch Pass. We're going to focus on the team that it feels like the league is looking at like, you what's going on over there? And the only team I could be talking about that would have that attitude is the New York Cosmos. But before we do that, let me give you the stuff. PitchPass.com is our website. There's chock full of information up there, including uh, last week's interview with Kyle McCarthy, which I thought was really good, and Justin Morrow of San Jose Earthquake. So make sure you check it out there. If you're not following us on Twitter, why don't you do that? At PitchPass. And we got a couple of new people commenting on our iTunes page, which I think helps us in some way. I'm not sure which way, but I think it does. So if you are doing this show or getting this show through iTunes, thank you very much for subscribing. And uh, rate the show at the very, very least. And preferably, if you could leave a comment, that'd be even better. So let's talk about New York Cosmos. Let's talk about one of the great careers of the 2000s in MLS. And we'll do that with uh, one of the best guys, one of the best personalities in American soccer and one of the good guys in American soccer. And that would be Aleko Eskandari. He is now the assistant coach for New York Cosmos, and he joins us on Pitch Pass right now. Aleko, what's up, man? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Wait a second. Are we going to be doing this interview with you in a car? Absolutely. <laughs> You're so big time, man. If I uh, happen to honk at someone, just disregard it. All right. In New York City, I, I gotta, I gotta stand, stand my ground. Yeah, well, you gotta do what you gotta do. You got, you gotta, you gotta show that you're tough, uh, or they'll, <laughs> they'll eat you alive, Aleko. Are, are you actually in New York City? Like, are you in Manhattan driving around right now as you talk to us? I am uh, about to go over the Brooklyn Bridge and uh, will soon be heading into Manhattan, yes. So you're the guy that drives in Manhattan. You're that guy. Oh, 100%. 100%. How are you? Uh, the, the, new, the new city bike uh, crap? No, I'm not, I'm not into that. I need my car. I need to drive. I figured you, as a, as, a, as a North Jersey guy born and raised, would, would, would kind of eschew all of that driving in New York City stuff. Listen, man, you, you can't walk to every soccer field, you know. I, I got to have my car. I got to have – I'm a coach now. I got to have cones and balls and and uh, all this equipment to carry around. There's no way I'm, I'm hopping into a taxi or walking around looking with all that stuff. So I, gotta, I need my Jeep. You would look pretty funny with all the, the bag of balls on your back as you're riding your bike up to practice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Aleko, first I, I have to tell you, uh, I think that you were robbed – from D.C. United's Hall of Tradition voting. Um, first year you were eligible, you were up for it. Uh, to me, I thought you were a slam dunk no-brainer, and then some guy named Jaime Moreno comes through and swoops in and steals your accolades. Just know that I'm outraged, Aleko. Yeah, no, and, and so am I, and, and it sucks because, uh, you know, I, I heard I got I got beat by one vote, um, and it was actually my vote because <laughs> I voted for Jaime as well, so... Uh, uh, no, listen, Jaime's a legend, and uh, there, was, there was no question out. I'm actually, 
honored to be on the ballot, you know, that, that he uh, was on to, to get into the whole thing. So, I, would love uh, to, I would love to have seen your face when you got the news. Oh, I'm on the ballot for Hall of Tradition. That's, oh, wait, who's on the ballot? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, listen, uh, I mean, a uh, huge influence in my career. He's a very good friend of mine. I still talk to him uh, as much as I can. And uh, to me, it was cool. Like I said, I, I want to be on there. I, I don't mind losing to a... Uh, to a guy who he'd uh, played for for DC United for almost half the years that I've been alive. You yeah. know what I mean? So uh, absolutely no shame in that. So before we get into Cosmos stuff, I, I kind of want to ask you, you mentioned that you know you and Jaime are, are very close, you stay in touch. Um, I follow you on Twitter, you're, you're a great follow, and I've noticed that it seems as if you are that way with a lot of, of the guys that you played with, which wouldn't be that big of a deal, but you, you've played on, some, you played on a, a variety of teams, and uh, somehow you have me- kind of made these connections with these guys all across the league, and... Uh, that has kind of stood this test of time, even though you're you're not playing anymore. Uh, what do you think it is about the Aleko Eskandarian persona that that attracts people so much? <laughs> I don't know if uh, I don't know if there's any secret to it or anything like that, but you know, I kind of pride myself on on being honest and, and being real and being who I am. Um, and the guys that I'm I'm friends with, I look at in the same in the same manner. You know, they're they're all good guys that uh, I was fortunate enough to either play with or meet, you know, throughout the years and, and establish a friendship with. And the uh, soccer community is small. You know, everyone everyone knows everyone. And uh, luckily I was blessed to uh, play for the amount of time that I did as a professional and, and play with the national team and have a, a boatload of, of wonderful experiences that I share with a lot of these guys. So that's, that's been our common bond throughout the years. It's, what you just described sounds like the very personification of locker room guy. Did you consider yourself a locker room guy when you played, or were you just a guy that just liked to hang out and, and talk to people? Oh no, I'm, I'm definitely a locker room guy, man. I, uh, you know, I think I think every every guy has their role on the team, you know. And for me, uh, I think I definitely would take the cake as, as a locker room guy that like to you know keep things light and. Uh, you know, keep things, keep people smiling and laughing, playing jokes and pranks, and you know that that's all part of being a pro athlete, in my opinion. You know, you gotta have fun doing what you do. And uh, I always told people, if I didn't have fun playing soccer, I wouldn't play. You know, and uh, I feel very blessed that, that I got to play the sport that I love for uh, almost eight years before injury, you know, shortened my career. But um, yeah, the locker room—that's what I miss most now that I can't play anymore. Um, that, that's the one thing that uh, you can never replicate in any other work environment. You seem to me as if the kind of guy and your personality is tailor-made to be a coach. And uh, you, you started your you started off your coaching career with Philadelphia Union, and now you've moved on to New York Cosmos. Take me a little bit uh, behind the scenes as to, to how you, you got hooked up with, with New York Cosmos. Uh, you know, it was, it was kind of sudden how it all came about because... Uh, when my time ended with, with the Philadelphia Union, I was kind of reassessing everything and just trying to figure out, you know, if I, if I really wanted to even stay in coaching. Uh, but, you know, I think ultimately I, I would love to, uh, you know, perhaps one day even, even try the whole front office gig to see how that works. Um, but I got, a, I got a phone call from Giovanni Savarisi, who um, is, is another guy that, you know, through MLS I, I forged a friendship with. Um, and a guy that I respect a lot. And, uh, you know, he basically said to me, you know, told me the whole plans of the Cosmos. And he's like, look, 
you know, you have to be a part of this. Like, you don't have a choice. You know what I mean? He's like, with my father playing for the team and with me uh, being, you know, so entrenched in the Cosmos name and the Cosmos family, uh, you know, he said, he said it wouldn't feel right unless I was a part of it. And so we sat down, we talked about it, and I liked what I heard. And uh, the rest is history. Ended up signing, uh, signing on as an assistant coach. It's weird that I have to ask you this question, but I mean, you opened it up with, by saying what Giovanni said to you, which was the, the Cosmos vision. It always feels like there's a little bit of uh, air of mystery about that franchise and that club. What is the Cosmos vision? You know, I'm going to keep you guessing a little bit. See, I, I, I knew like you were going to say I that. I like that people don't know. You know, I like that people are like, what? What are those guys doing over there? Like, they signed who? Like. Who? What, what do they have going? They have a training field. You know, all, I love it. I love it. I think it's. Uh, I think um, you know, there's there's a mystique about the name. Uh, I think obviously with the history um, and and the quote unquote brand name of, of it all, people are pretty intrigued. There's obviously a very very special time in American soccer history when the Cosmos dominated the NASL. Um, and I think it's a special time that the Cosmos are now coming back and. Uh, you know, our vision right now, um, and, and I say this because this is what we talk about in our staff meetings and this is what we tell anyone that asks, is we're just focused on ourselves right now and being the best Cosmos team we can be. Um, where our future lies in terms of a league or this, that, and the other, uh, you know, people with a much higher pay grade than, than me are, are going to determine that. But uh, in terms of a technical staff and on the soccer field and the work that the coaches and the players are putting in, we're just focused on, on being the best team we could possibly be and living up to the name that uh, those that came before us uh, made so famous. It sounds like from, from your answer that, that you, you guys get a little bit of a, of a chuckle out of uh, everybody kind of keeping an eye on you guys and, and you keeping everybody guessing. It seems like you guys are having a little fun with that. Oh, absolutely. Listen, like I said, if it wasn't fun, I wouldn't be doing it. <laughs> uh, but... You know, we, we have a very good group of, uh, of employees, uh, whether it be in the front office and the, and the technical staff, and we all get along, and, and we really are committed to, to putting the best product that we can. We realize it's going to take some work. We realize there's going to be growing pains and pitfalls and all that, uh, but we're having fun doing it. So, you know, regardless of what other people have to say, whether positive or negative, realistic or unrealistic, we're just focused on, on doing the best uh, job that we can do each day and, and trying to get ready for August 3rd, which will be our, our home opening. What's your day-to-day like with the Cosmos? What, what is your role with the team? Um, it's, you know, it's a bit of an expanded role. You know, I think since uh, we are a new team, there's a lot more that goes into it in, in terms of building the team rather than uh, or as opposed to an established team that kind of has a structure and set way of doing things. Uh, but I think all of us all on the coaching staff uh, weigh in on a variety of topics. You know, everything from, you know, what color jersey, you know, we're going to go with this year to players that we want to sign to, uh, you know, the menu for lunch every day. You know, <laughs> I, I think we, we kind of have a work by committee thing going right now which which i love and i'm actually very grateful that we're doing that because uh along the way i'm learning a lot more and i'm gaining a lot more experience but um geo has created a very positive environment where all of us as a technical staff are kind of uh in unison in terms of all the decisions we make and and are able to share opinions and, and thoughts 
you've been with the team for for a bit now. Um, as you start working towards the first uh, official match of the, of the return of the New York Cosmos, I, I would assume now you're you're starting those baby steps of a training camp or of a preseason, and that's got to be kind of fun for you after months and months of of just kind of hanging out and listening to news and hearing all this stuff. Now you have something to shoot for. The goal is insight, and the preseason is about to begin. Yeah, listen, we we had uh, we have offices in Soho, Manhattan, which which is beautiful, and and it was great to go to work uh, in the big city every day. But um, all of us are very happy to now be back on the grass field and uh, with goals and balls and cones and all that stuff. That's that's where uh, if you're a soccer player ever in your life, that that's where you belong uh, deep down in your heart. So uh, we've been training for almost a month now. Uh, um, and, and it's been great. You know, we've got a great group of guys and we're working really, really hard, uh, practicing six days a week at the moment. And uh, it's been a, a joy to work with, especially with guys that I used to be teammates with, uh, that I, you know, knew from, from, you know, playing against them and all that to now be coaching them is, is actually pretty fun. I know you're going to spin this positively, and I would expect nothing less from you, but I want to hear how you're spinning this positively, and that would be the announcement about New York City FC. Um, when you guys first heard the news, um, I, again, I know what your answer is going to be, but I want to hear what the answer is. What did you guys think when, when it came out that there was going to be a, another club that was going to be also based in New York City? I, I think it's great. I, I think uh, I think our head coach Gio said it best, and that it's another team that we can beat. You know, um, we always talk about New York City being a huge hotbed of, of soccer, and uh, I don't think it's unrealistic at all to have three um, professional teams uh, within the area that, that can compete with each other. So, for us, like I said, we're focused on, on what we're doing and the work we're putting, but that'll be another measuring stick for, for us to measure ourselves against and another team locally that we can create a rivalry with. So we definitely welcome the challenge. We're, you know, it's, uh, I know MLS is very excited about uh, the prospects of having that team, and, and we're happy for them. You know? But with that said, we're, we're definitely going to look to compete, not only compete with them, but beat them uh, when the time and place arrives. Yeah, and I completely agree with that sentiment, um, especially when you look at, at, at the big cities around the world. And the, the one that always pops into my head first is London. There are a, a more than a handful of, of teams based in London, and, and of that, that handful, a lot of them are playing in, in high levels of soccer. So it's not a situation where it's like, oh, well, there's one team in this huge city of millions of people. We can't have another team there either. So I completely agree with that attitude. Listen, the one thing I've learned being from this area is when you put a product on the field that the that fans enjoy, and it's complete, you know, uh, crap, I, I can even say, which unfortunately throughout the years there have been a couple seasons here and there where the product on the field has been crap. The fans are, are going to show their displeasure and they're not going to show up. Um, but if all the all the teams in the area do their job and are able to put uh, top level of talent on the field and, and put out a product that the fans will enjoy, then the fans have showed over the years that they will definitely fill up stadiums and come watch. So I think it's up to us, you know. And when I say us, I mean each organization to really do the best we can and, and do a good job of, of putting a good product on the field, and the rest will speak for itself. 
Do you guys look forward to the day, and I'm assuming short-term would be U.S. Open Cup, where you can show your wares against an MLS team, whether it's a New York franchise or not? No question. No question. I mean, we want to be the best club that we can be. We want to. We strive to be the best club in North America. Um, and so, of course, we want to play against the best competition around. Um, are we are we there yet that we'll be able to compete right now? I'm not sure. We definitely have the pieces, um, but we want to play those guys to see where we're at and uh, see what we need to work on to, to get to where we want to be. But everyone at the club definitely is on the same page in terms of wanting to be the best club in North America and doing everything we can to make it happen. So I feel like, uh, to, the, to the outsider, the, the New York Cosmos, um, the perception is, oh, these guys aren't doing it the way that everybody else is doing it. They're not playing by the rules. They're trying to do their own thing and and whatever. What do you, what do you when you guys have your meetings, do you is that your mindset or is it just this is the way we want to do it and if it, if it can't be amongst these certain rules that you've put together, we're going to do it this way or do you do you try to be the rebels of of American soccer? No, you know, I think we are we're very respectful of of rules and structure and all that stuff, but with that said, you know, we, we want to win, and we're going to do everything we can to do what's best for our club and our future and, and our ownership and our players, everyone. You know, it, everyone goes into it. So, um, you know, we're going to do what's best for us. Um, and, you know, along the way, you know, you're going to run into to people who are going to question you who are going to, you know, doubt what you're doing and ask questions, and that's totally fine. But, you know, from my short time with the club, uh, I've learned that everything we do is for a reason. I want to talk a little bit about you, um, your career, and, and uh, where you are now. And uh, the first question I, I have to ask, which I'm sure you get all the time, is where are you right now health-wise? Um, I'm struggling. Uh, you know, obviously, if I was if I was healthy, I, I'd probably still be playing uh, in MLS or uh, professional soccer somewhere, whether it be in Europe or, or whatever, but... Um, unfortunately, with the injury that I had, um, there's there's a lot of uh, post soccer life issues that that come with it, um, and I definitely still have a lot of restrictions. My my life has changed a lot um, in all aspects. You know, this is unfortunately you know the type of injury that uh, you know not only limits me physically, but uh, I would say even you know changes your personality a bit because. Uh, there's a lot of things that you can't do that before I could do. Even you know simple things. Even going, you know, for for a nice run on a beautiful day. You know, I realize that if that's if I were to do that, I'm gonna probably have migraines for three days straight. That that sucks. You know, um, even laughing too hard sometimes uh, I've gotten vertigo from. So it's it's uh, it's weird, man, because it's tough. You're reminded by it every day. Um, I try to have some sense of normalcy in my life and, and be the same person that I am, but I'd be lying if I didn't admit that um, there have been some drastic changes and tough times and uh, depression and, and all that stuff. So it's taken a while to really come to grips with what I can do and what I can't do. Um, but at the end of the day, if you if you focus on the negative too much, then uh, I realize you start becoming a negative person. So I, I just try to focus on the things that I still can do and take it from there. As I as I record this, obviously you know I'm sitting in in Washington D.C. and and D.C. United has been affected by the type of injury that you suffered 
a lot um, with a lot of the, of different players who have sadly had their careers just like you uh, cut short because of the injury. So you know the, the things that you're saying, I, I've read articles on and I, I've seen. It's just you know when you hear you saying the words "I'm struggling," it's it's hard to it's hard to hear and it's hard to take because you think to yourself, um, even 15 years ago, that mindset of "Oh well, he got his bell rung," it it, it just kind of goes, "Oh okay, well get him back in the game and get him back in the match." Uh, when you think about other sports, and it just seems like MLS, the the injuries that that you and, and Brian Namoff and and Josh Gross and guys like that have suffered were were part of the reason why the 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 awareness of this type of injury has has been raised. It probably doesn't make you feel any better, but it, do you feel any bit of a okay? Well, at least I see now that there there are some some procedures that people have to go through before they get back on the field. Yeah, you know, there, there's no question. Obviously, uh, I wouldn't wish what I'm going through on, on my worst enemy. So, if uh, if my story helps prevent you know this from repeating to on someone else, then absolutely, I, I take great gratitude in that and and pride in that. But uh, with that said, it's it's tough to prevent. Um, you know the the new protocols that are put in, all that. As much as I respect them, and I and I think they're great, and they're moving in the positive direction. Uh, there's no perfect science behind it because if I get hit in the head uh, and you get hit in the head at the same uh, with the same force, yeah, it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to have the same trauma or impact. You know what I mean? And so. It's really tough to, to measure that and to gauge that and to monitor that because, you know, for every rule that you make, I'll find an exception to the rule uh, regarding concussions and brain injuries. So it's, that's what makes it such a frustrating injury is because there's no way you can truly decipher how badly someone's brain, in, how bad someone's brain injury is. And, and that's going to be a problem until, you know, until that's solved, that there's no way we can truly you know, defeat this injury or, or properly treat it. You were the first guy that I've seen to wear the headgear, and I see a few players throughout MLS wearing it now uh, here in, in D.C. Daniel Woolard is. Is that is that helpful? Is that something that we can look at and go, okay, he's properly protected now? Uh, no, not at all. Um, it's I'm sure it helps a little bit. I don't know the exact scientific results behind it. You know, I wore it myself. Um, and, you know, my, my logic for wearing it was, okay, I got, you know, a quarter-inch piece of foam that's, that's uh, you know, going to protect me a little bit, I, I would think, you know what I mean? Um, so it, it definitely does not hurt, that's for sure. But in terms of protected, not at all, because you can get a concussion by getting hit in the head, or I'm sorry, in the face. You know, you can get a concussion by getting hit in the jaw. You can get a concussion just from whiplash. So... You know, even though, yeah, it provides a, a little bit of extra protection, and, that, and that's fantastic, um, in, the, in the bigger picture, it, it's really, you know, you're, you're maybe percent, protected 5% uh, from ultimately what could really happen. And even, even with that protection, if you get hit hard enough, that, that's not really going to stop the, the impact from uh, rocking your skull. So what's the long-term prognosis for you? Is this have, have doctors told you this is how you are for the rest of your life, or is, is there somewhere where you can see some improvement some point down the line in the future? I, I really, really wish I knew the answer to that question. Um, but that's, that's, again, the frustrating part is uh, I don't know, and no doctor will know. Uh, I've seen some of the best neurologists in the world, uh, certainly in America. 
And basically what they what they tell me is that until until you die and, and they cut your skull open and, you know, evaluate your brain, they really can't tell um, what kind of damage was done. So uh, for me, I, I knock on wood. I count my blessings. I, I hope that I can improve uh, and get better someday uh, rather than getting worse. But there's really there's really no way of me knowing what the future holds, and, and that's a scary thought. Sensitive question for you, Aleko. Um, I don't know if you're following what's going on with the Brian Namoff uh, DC United lawsuit. I obviously don't want you to, to comment or speculate on that. Is is but is that something that that had crossed through your mind at some point as you were going through this process? Um, no, it, it hasn't for me um, because my focus has just been on on trying to get healthy and, and trying to live a normal life. Um, but you know, I'll certainly certainly be watching it closely because. You know, I think we all have some, or anyone that's gone through it has some vested interest in, in that. Um, but for me, my focus right now is is not on you know getting uh, a paycheck out of it or anything like that. I just want my health. I want uh, you know medical coverage and, and all that stuff uh, because, like I said, who knows down the line, um, you know what will what my state will be. So uh, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how what the future holds, but. Um, Brian's a, a very good friend of mine, yeah. and I know he's struggling like me as well. So I wish him all the best in his recovery. You mentioned that you were blessed to play for eight years, uh, the game that you love. The, the high point of the career, I mean, is it scoring in the MLS Cup, or was it something something else? Ah, uh, man, you know, I think I have I, – I categorize my top memories uh, differently, but, um, you know, in terms of – in terms of uh, the team goal and, and rising to the occasion in the biggest game, it's got to be MLS Cup and, and scoring those two goals and winning MLS Cup MVP was, you know, definitely a pinnacle. But uh, one, of, one of my personal favorite uh, memories is uh, scoring against Real Madrid when, when we had yeah. a friendly against them uh, on Seattle and we tied them 1-1. Um, you know, that to me was, you know, you play a lot of friendly games um, as a pro, and that game was not your typical friendly game. I mean, we were going at it. Both teams were at full strength. We were obviously playing in a, in a neutral location, so it wasn't like it was just some, you know, gimme game or anything like that. Uh, over 60,000 in, in the stand. So, you know, both teams definitely came to play. And to, to be able to score against Iker Casillas, who's one of the greatest goalies of all time, is, is definitely something uh, that I'm looking forward to telling my grandkids about. The back line that day for Real Madrid was Aleko? Uh, they had Calavaro, they had Salgado, they had Roberto Carlos, and who's the other center back? I forget. So, I'm but not the, sure who, the, uh, who the last guy was, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he was a, a World Cup veteran. Yeah, oh, the, it, was, it might have been. Uh, actually, I don't know. I don't know. So it was their B team, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> just guys that you normally know, stick around with in the park. So. Well, Aleko, thank you for giving us some time. I really appreciate it. Uh, August, 3rd, give us give us the, the the preview of August third. What's what's going on? Where is it happening? And and if we need to, or want to buy tickets, where do we go for that? Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure you could go onto our website, NewYorkCosmos.com, to check out our schedule and buy tickets. August third, we will be playing against Fort Lauderdale Strikers, I believe. Um, and it'll be a, it'll be a great moment. Um, I know we're. I don't know if I'm even allowed to leak this information yet, but I think there'll be uh, some pretty big names in attendance, um, and it'll be a really special evening to, to have the first official game of the Cosmos in, in almost 30 years. Uh, it'll be a special moment. 
Uh, we'll be playing our games in Long Island at Hofstra University for this first season. Uh, but knock on wood, we'll be able to uh, to get our, a stadium of our own uh, up up running soon. So. August 3rd will definitely be a very special day for all of us. And for people who don't know their NASL history, that, that Fort Lauderdale Strikers uh, New York Cosmos game is a heritage game, correct? Uh, absolutely. I mean, there's a huge, huge rivalry. Um, I've watched many a tapes of, of my dad uh, <laughs> playing against uh, the Strikers, so it'll be fun to, to coach against them, and uh, it'll be a special moment for sure. But I've got to ask you, because I just saw that you were tweeting it, I don't know if it was last week or the week before, you actually hung out with Pele. I did, I did, man. What a what a crazy, crazy uh, day that was. I mean, you know, you're talking about not, not just an icon. I mean, he's like a god. No, the you icon, I mean, yeah. Uh, like someone who knows nothing about soccer knows who, who Pelé is. Yep. I mean, you put him up there with Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan and names like that, and to be able to literally sit down next to him, have lunch, and just like, you know, shoot the crap and, and talk about soccer and sports and uh, everything. It was was surreal, and 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 for him to even uh, recognize me uh, as as a youngster with obviously him knowing my dad was was uh, unbelievable. You know, it's definitely a day I will never ever forget. And uh, what a what a you know, as amazing as you picture him to be, you know, like you you put him on such a pedestal. He lived up to even more than that. Um, so what a, what a great guy and a humble guy, and it was truly an honor. What's the fr- what do you say as you walk up to start a conversation with him? Because I feel like you 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 go over that in your mind for for maybe an hour or two hours beforehand. What's what's the icebreaker to, to start talking to him? You know, it was funny because he actually broke the ice with me because uh, you know when I shook his hand, he was you know saying hello to everyone, meeting everyone, and you know I just try to be normal. I was just like hello, you know, very nice to meet you. Uh, and he kind of like did a double take, looked at me like to kind of <laughs> remind me of somebody. And then uh, Gio was like, yeah, I, I think you, you might remember Alecto because you played with his dad, Esky. And then he was like, get out of here. <laughs> you know, you're a little baby the last time I saw you. You're this big. And, you know, so he broke the ice with me. It was really nice. And, um, and, and it was great. It was just a special moment, man. I, I, can't, I can't even uh, have it. It was, it was just a, a surreal moment. Well, we'll let you get into practice, Aleko. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. We'll catch up with you down the road, my friend. Absolutely. Love, love that you're uh, hosting this show, man. I wish you the best of luck. For more show information, go to pitchpass.com.